This is The Nature of Invisible Things with your host, Erin Kelly. Stories and conversations exploring the magic, mysticism, and creativity of the road less traveled. Hello and welcome to the Nature of Invisible Things, the podcast. I'm your host, Erin Kelly, and I'm so glad you're here. This is season one, episode four, and today I am joined by Shade. And Shade is just such a magical, magical human, and I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. And what a sweet treat for all of the sweet folks on Valentine's Day. I can't think of a more apropos conversation or person to share on this day, whether you celebrate or not. And, you know, there's a lot of lore behind the commercial holiday we know as Valentine's Day. I'm not going to get into that now, but you can just, you know, if you dig a little deeper and do a little research, it's, it's still pretty hot if you ask me. Anyway, I digress, but Shade and I met in Vulture Coven, which was September to December 2023, and for those not familiar, Vulture Coven is a sibling container to Britton LaRue's Magician's Table, who you've heard me talk about um, already, and it's similar. It's similar, so it has a uh, cohort of 12 And there's a 13th reader, and our 13th reader for Vulture Coven was the amazing Samar Jade, who you've already met. They are uh, season one, episode one. If you have not met amazing Samar Jade yet, you can go back to um, the podcast and check out Samar Jade. And in this container, like I said, it's similar. So we have 12 12 folks making up the cohort with the 13th reader, and we take turns reading for each other. So it's still very much in that um, vein of exploring our craft and our offering. And the Wednesday meetups, we come together and share our vocalizations about what's happening, you know, what we're experiencing, what is present for us in this moment. And Vulture Coven really was focused on looking at some of the gruesome stuff, some of the scary stuff, right? It's looking at failure. It's looking at uh, doubt and fears. And it's, it's, but it's still very similar to the Magician's Table. If you think about just the time of year, Magician's Table happens in Aries season. You know, it's all about emergence and kind of leaping forward where Vulture Coven started with Libra season and into Scorpio season. And that is very much about, you know, the fall. It's about the dying back and looking at, you know, kind of what are we going to compost? What are we going to transform? And why I'm bringing this up is because you'll hear in in my conversation with Shade, we talk about what it was like to witness each other. Um, We talk about what it was like to read for each other. And you can kind of get a taste of what the magician's table is like through our conversation. So that is still, um, we are closing early bird on Sunday the 18th. And so if this is something that, is interesting to you or in your field, I'm going to be writing a little bit more about that 
in my Substack this week. I'm a 13th reader, if you um, didn't already know, and I'll be explaining more about like what that is. But just putting it out there, um, the early bird registration for the Magician's Table 2024 cohort ends on Sunday, February 18th. So without any further ado, I'm pleased to introduce to you Shade. Shade is a beholder. His gift is crystal vision. Through symbol, speech, and story, he turns the soul kaleidoscope to conjure the realms of possibility, proclaim the glory of the incarnate soul, and share the gift of wonder. Clients who work with Shade hold up their lived experience to the prism of spirituality and, with their combined magic, witness their divine coalescence, distilled by astrology, cardomancy, guided meditation, and more. Shade is multiracial, queer, liberation-oriented, and eager to cherish the soul that yearns. You can find Shade on Instagram, and I've got that linked in the show notes, and also listen to their podcast called Beholding on Spotify. Without further ado, welcome Shade. Welcome, Shade, to the Nature of Invisible Things. I am so glad you are here. Me too. <laughs> I know. You are just such a wonderful spirit that I enjoy so much. There's a playfulness and a there's also a bit of like trickster quality, which I really love, but it's with such kindness as well, <laughs> you know, such kindness. And so for listeners, Shade and I met in Britain LaRue's Vulture Coven container that happened, uh, I think, end of September to early December 2023. And that was a whole, we could probably do a whole podcast just on that experience. Mm -hmm. We could, we probably should, we should get the whole coven <laughs> together and we really should. <laughs> I know it was extra juicy, extra juicy for sure. And I really loved your wisdom and the way that you constructed your offering, which I'm just going to describe. Well, you know, I know it's, it's the beholding that, that you do. And I, and I think to be beheld in that way is one that's an experience but even so like before that your intake or your questions are so thoughtful and the way that you're able to weave those threads together for me when I was answering it I'm like these things are all just all for me not your questions but my answers just seemed kind of random and just kind of whatever and then the cohesion that you were able to bring to the situation, and, I'll, and it was a situation, <laughs> it's, it's still my situation, but it's it was really amazing to take that point of view and to kind of see what I had shared through your eyes. And it was amazing. And it really took me from what felt like disparate pieces of self to an empowering narrative of both the mystical and mundane mm. and at the same time allowing me to still have my own experience of that and process it and you know it's one of the things that I treasure um so so much and 
Later, I also, uh, after session, I got a voice recording. Uh, I was like, what? A, what did you get? Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you sent me, I'm going to call it a, a poetry, you know, a poetic, mm. a poetic narrative of the final weaving together, I guess, as you had seen it or how you perceived it. And that was also, you know, the gift that keeps on giving. And I just want to thank you for, for being not only here, but being part of this world and sharing your magic with other folks. Thank you so much. That's so lovely to hear. Yes. <laughs> yes. You are lovely. And I, and I'm really excited for folks to get to know you. Um, I think a few of the other folks that I've had on the podcast are, are, are more, um, regulars I'll say within our particular group and and I think you know I I met you for the first time in September and I'm excited for other folks to get to know you as well mm -hmm. and so one of the questions I I kind of start with is just as as holistically like how would you describe yourself in this moment in this moment today and then also, if you feel comfortable share, sharing your big three with folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how would I describe myself in this moment? I think beholder is something that I would really, it's, it's I'm a beholder. Um, like you said, I developed the terminology and um, I would say the spiritual identity for myself through um, the container of Britton LaRue's Vulture Coven. But I feel that... Um, it extends beyond just like what you see from me in a business and, um, you know, decidedly spiritual, mystical sense. It's just kind of the orientation that I have kind of fully leaned into now. Um, I think um, wonder and glory are so central to the beholding terminology. And that's really um, me when I'm like fully in my most fully uh, integrated authentic self. So um, it's really nice to have claimed that term and have had that unlock my um, core essence, I guess you would say. So I think that's how I would describe myself as a beholder. I just love um, beholding people. It's just really nice to see all the glory in a person. Um, so that's me. My big three are um, Pisces moon, Aquarius sun, and Sagittarius rising. Mm. <laughs> that sounds magical. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a partial to to Pisces and Sag parts, but also a big fan. I've I've had quite a few Aquarians in my orbit as well. Okay, you know, I think it's because you have um, there um, oh, what's the word? I call I call Cole for anyone who doesn't know. Cole is in our Vulture Coven mm -hmm. container as well. Call her the Prophet. Oh yes. <laughs> But but Samar and I call you Professor Kelly. You have like a. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that's that, stuck. <laughs> yeah, so I think that Professor vibe attracts the um, the Aquarians to you because we're all very like in our heads, like always constellating a bunch of ideas, and you are a really nice landing place for us. Mm, and I'm a love. I love collecting ideas and kind yeah. of ruminating on them as well, which uh, that's a, that's a. Mm -hmm. That's a story for another time. But what I would love to hear a little bit about, if you could share with us, how did you, you mentioned beholding as a spiritual identity that you have claimed. And mm -hmm. could you share a little bit about like how you discovered that, how you leaned into that, or 
how you uh, stumbled upon or chose or claimed. And I, I say all of those terms because everybody's experience of finding their path, even if it might change in the future, is different. And so mm-hmm. I would love to hear about how you how you came to be mm-hmm. a beholder. Yes. Um, so I waited until like the literally the final hour to apply for Vulture Coven because I was like, oh, this is for for readers, for people who like have a craft, who have already gotten that far in their journey. And I was like, I don't really, I love astrology and cardomancy, but I don't think I can like claim those as like a professional thing. Um, so I considered myself a word mage and I still do. Um, because that is definitely at the, like, that's my primary instrument of power, I would say. Mm-hmm. But the further we got into the experience of Vulture Coven, um, it became clear that that was not the full umbrella term. It was an aspect. And um, when I sat with it more, I realized that what I really like to do is like be present with people. Um, Vulture Coven was such a joyful experience. Um, not just when I was doing like giving and receiving readings, but on the weekly meetups when we were all sharing about what was coming up in our lives and our experiences reading for each other. Um, I was just like sitting there with this big stupid grin the entire time listening to people talk. So I was like, oh, this is, this is what I live for. Just um, the wonder of beholding people um, is just like, that's when I feel the most myself and the most alive and um, the most expansive. Like there's no scarcity anywhere near me when I am sit- when I was sitting in Vulture Coven with everyone. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think one of the big things that was so special about Vulture Coven is that all of us were there to get into the muck and the soup of our shadow um, and feast on that. And like, we were, we were up for the challenge of exposing some of the darker parts of ourselves. And that's like, my Pisces always wants that. Um, like, I want you to get, like, give me everything. And not everyone is, um, not everyone is ready and willing to do that. And I feel like beholding is, um, is, is something for, like as a beholder, I'm able to like put on that crystal vision and I can see like the kaleidoscope of your soul at all times. So you might not, you don't need to come to me being ready to expose everything, but I'm still able to like, once I sit in the beholder energy, I can still see all of those things. And so it's just, um, it's also been healing for me to like not need people to like be an open book for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever you, whatever you're, coming to me with is plenty so right right and I'll just be vulnerable for a minute and share that in one of those um one of the days when I was in the hot seat or maybe I wasn't in the hot seat I can't quite remember and just for listeners who obviously weren't there the hot seat is where we would ask designated folks feasting questions where we would go a little bit deeper into what they had shared during our vocalization period. And I was either in the hot seat or it was like a free for all. And 
I was having a moment. I was, I was in one of those moments and shade was, had the crystal vision on and could see, could see what was just under the surface. And you asked me a question about, and I don't even exactly remember what it was. It was something about like, I was experiencing something. You were like, is it X or is it that you are Y? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden <laughs> the, flood, the floodgates opened and it was a really raw experience, but it, I didn't feel confronted in a way that was, um, it was, it was an opening. Like it wasn't cruel in any way, shape or form. Not that you have a cruel bone in your beholding body, but (laughs) it's more of, more of like, it was done with such love. And, And it was just like when you have the dominoes and you just tip, tip that one over and it starts a cascading effect. And that's what, and you didn't tell me, you asked me a question and Mm -hmm. I was the one that, you know, tipped it over. You just showed me where the domino was. You're like, um, how about this? And, (laughs) And that was pretty powerful. And that was a turning point, I think for me in my vulture coven journey, Mm -hmm. you know, And kind of coming into the fullness of myself. And so, and that is what beholders do. Um, Or what I think of beholding as, you know, it's that being able to see all of the different pieces and parts and also sit with someone where they're at. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, it's really amazing. Thank you. That was a beautiful experience for everyone that day. That was, that was, no, that was really, I still get emotional thinking about it. Um, I've gone back and watched that. Oh, I call gosh. them episodes. I yeah. call them episodes now, but I go back and watch the replays um, every now and then. And I, that's probably the one that I've watched the most. Cause it was, it was just fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, what you said about, the question being asked with love. Mm-hmm. I've also realized that that's a major part of beholding. I would say um, cherish uh, is a power word that is very central to the act of beholding. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as a beholder, when you think back and, you know, you feel free to go back as far as you like, are there any natural skills and abilities like you mentioned cartomancy and astrology like and those are those are skills right and knowledge that you have but are there any other natural ways of being that are helpful for you as a beholder like are there things like you can look back and say oh that you know way I was I use that now in my 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 offering of beholding? Yeah. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is my um, knack for constellating, which I would say is very Aquarian meets Sagittarius. Aquarius meets Sagittarius. Um, I'm always like um, synthesizing data. I'm always um, like drawing um, parallels and similarities between X, Y, and Z things. And um, so it's like that scope of... Um, focus is pretty broad and the perspective is pretty vast and um when when you like start making the connections it's very um i think that conjures the wonder and um there's just a lot of um really 
scintillating surprise when you start noticing things. Um, so that's probably a core piece of, um, of that. And then I've always been an inquisitive little person. I like it wasn't always, it was a nuisance when I was a child, but I was always asking like, why? I've always been someone who's wanted to know why. Um, like when parents tell you to do something and you say why, and they say, because I said so, I never yielded to that, which was not fun for my parents. Right. But I've always been like, I don't like doing anything just for the sake of doing it. I'm always like, okay, but to what end? Which I think is actually very Capricorn of me. And I do have a stellium in Capricorn in the second house. Mm -hmm. um, full sign astrology. So that has also been, uh, it was not the most easeful thing for me and the people around me as a child, but moving through um, adulthood, that's definitely been very helpful for me. And I think all of those things merge and create the kind of magic wand questions that you were talking about. Um, yeah. I'm able to, and it, it gifts me with the ability to see like all the moving parts um, and then hear what people are saying and then be like, okay, so how is what you're talking about um, helping you get to like what you actually want? The mm -hmm. to what end is really um, a mainstay in my life. Yeah, and I I also think of the to what end as Virgoian. Mm -hmm. It's Earth. It's, it's very yeah. It's very like okay. Do, is this really going to matter? And tell me if it does. Tell me. Tell yeah. me why. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 help yeah, me, yeah. Help me see why if I'm not connecting it. And yeah, and I think your language, the language you use, is also. I'm going to call it a gift because. I, I have a combust mercury. I, I'm not, I'm better suited to writing when I can mm. see and kind of have the tactile feeling of writing either with a pen or with the keyboard and yeah. speaking. Sometimes I can get a little tripped up, but what I love about your I mean, gift is like, you have this proclivity for language and it's paints a much more detailed picture and like a larger picture, a larger view and adds layers of dimension that I think are so beautiful. And, and that's a gift in itself. Like even if you take just the way that you describe something differently, it's like um, turning the, taking what someone says and turning the volume up on the wonder on mm, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have a proclivity for that. Yeah. Um, my Virgo is um, in my midheaven and yeah. the 10th house. And it's also my um, south node. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and my Pisces is my north node. So there's like, there's a connection. There's like, I kind of picture it as um, like, um, like lightning between two points that connects my, you know, very analytical sorting um, sensibilities with my mystical kind of um, very everything everywhere all at once Pisces moon. Um, and I've, um, my mom was overprotective and we weren't really allowed to watch a lot of live action um, media when I was a child. So there was a lot of cartoons. So things mm -hmm. like, um, X-Men, the animated series, Batman, the animated series, a lot of Disney stuff. So it's sci-fi and fantasy. 
And so I think that has really instilled this um, fantastical, imaginal, magical um, essence within me. And so, yeah, I'm always, uh, I do kind of do that. I try to like turn the volume up on the magic and the wonder. Yeah. And, and I don't, and, and I say that with um, reverence of that skill too. So Mm -hmm. it's, and it, and I feel like for you, and this is at least my experience of it or what I've witnessed is that it is a, something that you don't have to think hard about. Like you're, there's not Mm -hmm. either the processing happens very quickly in the moment, or it's so automatic, like breathing that it's just there. Like you can reach right out and just pluck the perfect word off the word tree of life and serve <laughs> it up on a plot. Like, and I, I don't, I don't have that. And I, I, I am so envious of people in in loving way of, of who do it's just because I think it adds. um, Yeah. It, it just, it just, it's like the difference between someone who, paints by numbers with their language and then someone who is an artiste. Yeah. 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 It's part Um, of your style. It is. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. It's, (laughs) it's a little obsessive. (laughs) Maybe not so much now, but it definitely comes from uh, a perfectionist place. Mm. And what I recently realized is that while I do have strong perfectionism vibes, um, it's specifically perfecting. I'm always Uh uh, trying to finesse and distill further, which also comes back to the to what end. So it's always um, X word is what jumps out, but it feels like a Y and Z would be better. So how do I get like, I know there's a thread to pull it, to pull it more to that, like really bullseye. And so I'm always Mm -hmm. looking for bullseye of the thing. Um, I think that's also, um, for anyone who's familiar with uh, human design, I am a projector. And so a lot of that shows up there, this um, kind of finessing energy mindset is very much there. And also, um, I feel like where mine is definitely more um, mercurial and in my head, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's very swords energy. But I I love the way you speak. There's something that feels very... um, like measured and relaxed about it. And I think maybe it's just because I'm in my head and my body when this is happening. And mine is much more electric. It's not like a motor mouthing like all the time. And you seem to just be relaxed, which is, so it's just funny that you envy mm. um, this energy and I envy your energy. Oh, that's so amazing. And that's what the, that's what the beauty is of, I think making connections with other folks and being able to both give and receive in exchange. Uh, Jonathan Coe and I were talking about this uh, in a, in another um, at another time, just like the, and, and even Natasha was talking about this too, with her mentor as she developed her, gifts and I, and they're not gifts like she's very clear that we all have abilities to connect and we're all psychic we all have intuition and I'm like yes agree but I think that it's the gift of presence mm. with one another like to truly pay attention to another person and and that's what a, a degree of beholding is as yeah. as well like a lot of beholding is being fully well I'm interpreting my experience of being beheld is 
being fully present with another human being. Yeah. 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 Which is very good for me because my Sag is always speedy. Mm -hmm. And so any, any excuse to slow down is always very beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have uh, my Sag Midheaven, Sag Venus, very, Mm -hmm. very excited, but that's my Jupiter ruling Sag is in Taurus. So Mm, way down. Yeah. And so in terms of beholding, like what has been up until now or, or recently, like what was challenging or a big lesson that you learned in your exploration of, and it actually doesn't even have to be like what we know as your offering right now, which is beholding. It could even be like your journey to beholding either us, you know, astrology, cardomancy, or, um, you know, finding your path, like what, what's a lesson or a challenge that you've had? I mean, slowness is definitely Mm. something that I have learned. I don't, I wouldn't say that it's been a challenge um, via beholding and vulture coven. I would, I would probably timing in general. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, a better relationship with time and like divine timing and allowing things. That showed up definitely once I started um, recording episodes for my podcast, Beholding, because it like I had the idea that I would really like to be very regular. So like either weekly or multiple times a week. Mm. And I was like, gee, this first episode came to me really easily. I don't know why everyone's talking about like it takes them a week to do an episode. And then... Um, then I listened to it back and I was like, oh, there are things that I could have done better about that. So then the next time I did an episode, it definitely took me more time. And so I had to release the preconceived notion of having things come out at a set time and just really lean into, first of all, letting letting the time experience be expansive um, because... I want the experience to feel good for me while I'm in the process of making the content. And I also want it to do what it needs to do. And if I'm busy trying to um, force it into a certain timetable, that's robbing it of the essence that it deserves. Um, And yeah, so that's been, that's been good. A relationship with time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are other things. Nothing's coming to mind right yeah, now. Yeah, but I think that's a really beautiful thing that you just articulated. When I hear you speak of this, it makes me think of the difference between Kronos and Kairos. Mm. So Kronos being the linear experience of time, one moment to the next, and then Kairos being the moment, mm. the sacred web of deep time. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for saying that because I would I would I, to distill it further I would say that that is what I've learned the um the relationship between the two because I have found that um preparing and setting the con- like a linear container a, a chronos type container um allows me to enter and be more chironic mm-hmm. um and when I try to do just one or just the other um, it's much less skillful and it's much less enjoyable for me. So it's it's the Capricorn, it's the it's the Saturn influence, like wanting a wanting a boundary, 
so that I can know where my edges are and then feel free to spread out as much as I can. Mm, That's what I've learned. Thank you for that. Oh no, thank you. Like this is, this is the beauty of collaboration. I was talking in my, in my uh, episode zero about for a long time, I wanted my podcast. I was searching for a partner to do the podcast with consistently. And I had, and the reason for that was not because I can't do things by myself, but because my enjoyment of my spirituality and my mysticism, and there's a certain type of creativity that happens in partnership. And I think it's because I have a relational eighth house stellium, you know, in whole sign. So it's very much like, oh, I want to experience that as part of the, in the container. And yeah. And, and this is just exactly it. It's the reflection of being able to play, play back, almost like rewind and hear it again through someone else. And it's just helps us further refine. And so I love, I love that. I love that, um, collaboration. And so speaking of love, what do you, what do you love about beholding or what do you love most about it? Um, the wonder and the, and the, well, the love, the wonder and the glory, I would say, um, I love, I mean, it feels very, this is, I would say, like my Pisces in a nutshell. Um, all feelings are, all emotions are delicious and I want to taste them. Mm-hmm. That is very, that is very me. And so beholding is a space for that. Um, I just think about Vulture Coven when we were all sharing very um, vulnerable stuff and it wasn't always like happy. There was oh, yeah. a lot of it that was like deep end, um, you know, overwhelm related, like a lot of stuff. And, you know, you typically expect people to be like, Oh, and like, you know, frowning, scowling or like sad crying. And I was just smiling the whole time. Cause just the, the ability to watch like the emotional, the full breadth of the emotional spectrum roll through someone is just, it's delicious. It's so fantastic. Um, so yeah, just the the ability to kind of walk with someone on their emotional journey is wonderful. There's just um I don't know, it's wild like being a human alive like with your own life, like you're your own your own universe inside of a body. Like you have your whole own separate uh, experience and that's just wild to think about so then when I'm beholding you I get to like step in there and just marvel at all the things that I see so mm-hmm. yeah um and I'm very possibility oriented and a lot of people um are not a lot of people struggle um with uh sensing into possibility and um barriers and my thing is kind of um, shattering barriers um, by by just um, kind of insisting, I guess, and reminding people that um, like you just because it's improbable doesn't mean it's impossible. Mm-hmm. And you can take what's improbable and make it more probable. Um, and we can do that together. So. Yeah. I just like blowing that wide open and being like, okay, but we can do all of these things that you want to do. Let's do it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's, it's interesting. One of the themes I've been exploring lately is the fact that expansion is uncomfortable. Like thinking of the Jupiterian parts of us where, yeah, Jupiter is a benefic. It, it's the Santa Claus, if you will, of, of the, <laughs> the sky in a lot of ways. And, but you know, like that type of expansion sometimes is, is not comfortable. Yeah. Growing pains. Yeah. And, and butting up against that. And so I think sometimes that's like another aspect of, of beholding is like putting the invitation out there and letting someone kind of like step if they're willing, like step Mm -hmm. into that. And then just understanding what that's, what it's, what it's in service of and what it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. And then I'm curious too, if, how you approach like anti-capitalist and decolonial themes like within, and mm-hmm. if that what like what we were just talking about in terms of, if that's like part of it, like how I'll just stop there. I could just, I can spin <laughs> on questions forever and ever. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'll just ask about that. I, yes. So I consider myself to be liberation oriented and um, that is by nature um, in direct opposition to capitalism and oppression mm-hmm. systems of oppression. Um, so I wouldn't say that like that it's my like that anti-capitalism is in my mission statement for lack of a better term, but because it's such a core tenet of mine, it flows out of me. So like if you're a fan of capitalism, <laughs> like we're probably not gonna cross paths or stay crossed very long just because um, my work is so anti-capitalist in nature. Um, we're not, uh, we're not in, uh, I say we, I'm not in the business of anything that's inauthentic really. Beholding is about um, sitting in the presence of all that you are and all that you might one day be. And um, capitalism is, a, you know, it's an, it's a, it's an oppressive thing, which then turns into repression, which then turns into depression. Mm -hmm. So all of those things are kind of antithetical to what I do. I want you to um, blast the doors on what societal standards tell you you can be wide open. Um, And yeah, I just, um, I'm not here for capitalism. (laughs) Yeah, I I love what you're sharing too, because I think, a lot of, and I got caught up in this for a while where I was thinking of like, thinking of like outside the changes outside of me mm-hmm. and like looking at like, this system needs to change, like the government people, like the da 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 da. da. And really, it starts within ourselves. And it, and it's just, it blows my mind, like how, how radical casting off identities that we have been given yes or categorized in and you know that and and letting that go and -hmm. connecting with our authenticity how how there is this like like you said it's it's in direct opposition to systems of oppression 
And I think that's really amazing. Um, and it's funny because when I, when I started down this path for me personally, we weren't, and at least in my circles, and I'm a person of privilege, so that's likely why, like, we weren't having these conversations. Like, it wasn't, now you hear, like, uh, such and such for liberation, or this and this mm-hmm. for that, and and on the spiritual side, but my nascent experience of it was not about that, like, whatsoever, you yeah, know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and that likely is because of my bubble, the bubble I was in too. You know, I, I didn't have to think about oppression in the way that other, other groups do because I have privilege in that way. So it's, um, it's fascinating to kind of see these threads and like how they're all woven together. And it also makes me feel even more hopeful for the yeah. future because yeah. it's, it's so revolutionary when you experience throwing one of your preconceived notions of who you were aside Mm -hmm. and connect to your authentic self. Mm -hmm. So much of capitalism, which is a tool of um, colonialism and imperialism and toxic patriarchy Mm -hmm. is about um, limitation and putting you in a in a container that is not, it has nothing to do with you. It's someone else's container. And so much of um, spirituality and mysticism and witchcraft and astrology and what have you is about um, presence and authenticity and um, aligning with your nature and um, what feels right and true and honest for you in the moment. And, and because like, that is the antithesis of any system that is um, that is oppressive, mm-hmm. uh, because they they these are systems that oppose nature. They seek to um, they seek to oppress nature. They seek to control and dominate. Um, and we're like the act of liberation um, is is really to we're talking about liberating yourself from anything that isn't authentic. So that you can be your most authentic self and your most natural self. Um, so yeah, anytime you're doing anything about self-love, anytime you're being introspective and letting yourself um, embrace wherever you are in the moment, it is a radical act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I think too, like there's so much um, in the early and i don't know i'm trying to put like a time frame on it because i think culturally we've evolved uh since then but there was a lot of like spiritual bypassing there was a lot of spiritual new agey kind of groups and i participated in some of those you know this was before i had the aware yeah like and i i can say that now without <laughs> cringing as hard as right. i used to because i'm realizing like that i had to go through that to like understand the difference between the truth versus delusion you know mm-hmm. and yeah go ahead Tra- i transcendence is a term that you i feel like i think you have to be very careful of because i think um there is there's a lot of capitalist rhetoric hidden or maybe not so hidden depending on what your vision is in there. Um, so much of 
of this of the oppressive the oppressive regime is about um, not having to do the work. You don't wanna you don't wanna have to struggle. You don't wanna have to strive. You don't wanna have to labor and toil. So you create a system that convinces everyone that they they are born to do that work and you're born to sit in the throne. Um, so it's you're trying to escape any any kind of discomfort. That's so much of what the system yeah. might is. It's the escape of discomfort because you have no you don't want to develop any framework for sitting with discomfort. And transcendence can very often be trying to get away from anything that doesn't feel rosy. Whereas um not the new age spirituality that we're talking about, um, astrology and what, I mean, you can, you can co-opt any of these, but okay. when you're not operating in that sphere, um, it's about presence. It's about embodying. And, um, the idea is that all of these things are okay. Um, shadow work is, is, uh, it's about reframing the shadow, um, and darkness as something that's not bad, but something that is a part of you and that is okay. And we want to have a relationship with all those things. Um, wholeness is not like you don't become a whole by getting rid of the yucky parts, quote unquote. You become a whole by embracing the quote unquote yucky parts. Yes. Yeah. I, I completely agree. It's like the the integration of those yeah. and being able to sit with that. And that, that was one challenge I had with uh, yoga culture that I was part of. It was, it was just another rebrand of purity culture. Mm. And then I, I totally got sucked into the whole, like now I guess they would call it like clean girl aesthetic, but like the green juices and the, <laughs> the, um, you know, all the things you do, the cleanses and the thing. And they're like, it's like, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> we don't, we don't need to, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you're not feeling well, if you have a, a cold or something, yeah, there's, there's some bacteria in there or a virus that is causing some challenges and that's your body is getting rid of it, but there's no need to like constantly take us through this idea of purification. And that's where I found like, in those, in some of those circles, well, I can't talk about systems of <laughs> oppression or white supremacy because yeah. I don't want to give it life or I don't want to, um, I don't yeah. want to participate in that system because it's low vibration or, mm -hmm. and, and literally that's kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, there's nuance there. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that was one challenge. Yeah, I could, I don't want to go off on a tangent. <laughs> I, was about, I was about to get on my soapbox for a minute about uh, a particular experience that I had within the last year with someone who. Share. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't. I'm not ready to do that. But it it's it was it was around people that had experienced harm uh, as part of a group uh, that had one person in a group of people that had more power and took advantage. And mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, that that was um, in their uh, sacred soul contract of what they came in. I'm like, no, no, no. <gasps> like it got, it got kind of like, yeah, yeah. it just was a, it just Not felt icky. Yeah. And I, and I get that, you know, I don't know everything, but it just feels like, okay, but the folks in that power that had the power in that situation 
likely knew that what they were doing was wrong. Right. And just because you can doesn't mean you should. Good. Yeah. It brings to mind um, what Britain has spoken about. Um, and I think she touched on this in one of her more recent uh, podcast episodes. The idea that um, you like you can have love and uh, acceptance of someone from a soul level, like a highest self level, the broad perspective, like the source perspective. And then you can also interact with them and you must interact with them from a, like me incarnate as shade, me incarnate as Britain, me incarnate as Aaron Kelly um, mm -hmm. perspective. Like we're here in a body, we are finite and boundaries and standards do matter. So while it's true that you are worthy of love and acceptance um, and all, you know, all that, like all is well from a soul, you know, source level here and now, if you're taking advantage of me, I'm going to hold you accountable. We're not mm -hmm. just going to like, you're allowed to do that because I don't know, your Akashic records say that you can. No. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it was like this person that I was kind of in this, I was and I realized I wasn't going to make them see the point of view that I would hope that they could. And that it was just this spiritual bypassing. Well, I don't, that's not my business and it's not my thing. And it's like, okay, okay. I, there's a degree of that. That's correct. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. anyway, but it was just, yeah, I'm probably not doing justice to like, because I'm <laughs> dancing around it a little bit as well, only because. It's personal yeah. information. You share it. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, it was strange. But one question I had for you is if you could go back in time and I know some people do go back in time, but mm. if you could, if you could go back in time and give your younger self, tell them something or give them a, a charm on the path, if you will, a magical mm. amulet Mm -hmm. and might be in the way of a phrase or some knowledge that you would impart. What do you, what do you think that might be? You know, when people ask this question, my, um, like my standard response is always, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Because you can't go back and change one thing without changing everything. Yeah. And, um, there, you know, there have been plenty of yucky spots that i did not enjoy and look back and still be like, oh, that was not fun. But I, I like who I am and I'm proud of who I am. And they're like, there are too many beautiful experiences that I've had in this lifetime with the way things have gone for me to be okay with um, making things, I don't know, more comfortable um, at, at the expense of losing those beautiful moments. So yeah. I, think I would leave it alone. That's gorgeous. Yeah. I often think like I would go back and just tell myself like how much I love her, how much yeah. I love. And like, and I don't know that she could hear it, honestly. And so like similar to like what you're saying, part of these conversations I'm having with people is like, oh, would you have done it differently knowing like what you know now? And most, you know, there's it's it's always a variety of different answers. But one of the questions I've pondered a lot about myself because yeah, shitty things have happened is, um, would there have been another way to get to the point of who I am? Yeah. yeah. Um, something that Oprah said, and I have mixed feelings about Oprah, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll never forget this. She said, forgiveness is accepting 
that there was never, I'm botching this a little bit, there was never any way for it to go. It could never have gone any way other than it did. Yeah. Which is, I mean, not true and also true. But I don't know, when I heard that, it stopped me. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) It could Mm -hmm. only have gone that way. And that's, um, I don't know, like, that'll make you cry. (laughs) That'll put you in your feels. Yes. Now, usually what I'll say, I'll say that. I'll be like, no, I won't go back. I wouldn't go back. But, like, once I get to the end of this life, if God says, um, do you want to go back? Okay, you've done this one. Now go back and play and make different choices. So like part two, like round two, not do over mm-hmm. part two. Then I would do things differently. I would do a lot of things differently just to have the experience. Yeah. Like I would be, I would give, um, <laughs> like I would pull no punches. Mm, yeah. I would be like a very like, F you kind of person. And I had a lot of that anyway, but I would go like full tilt. I'm not listening. I know what I want. And that's too bad. (laughs) Yeah. I, what you reminded me of is when I was little, one of my favorite book when I, so I'm talking like seven, eight years old, we used to have in, in my day, these choose your own adventure books. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so, and after I read it once, I would go back and read it, all the other options just to see like how it would end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I spend quite a bit of time fantasizing about that. (laughs) I was just talking to someone about that. Yeah. Like just to see what would happen. What if I made that choice? Mm -hmm. Wild. Yeah. I haven't seen this movie in probably 20 years, but that, that movie sliding doors, I think it's a, it's a rom-com. Yeah. And it's like where, I think it shows it's a similar thing. I can't quite, I don't know why. I bring up things like I've only seen parts of or I know what they are, <laughs> but, no. but, I, but I haven't but I actually that. seen them. Yeah. I love that imagery, though. The idea of a sliding door and just like portal through to the way things would have gone if you did things that way and then that way. It's very multiversal. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing I wanted to ask and we'll, we'll start to wrap up is uh, what no. dream, I know, well, we'll have, <laughs> you can always come back. You can always okay, come good. back for sure. Um, and your podcast too, like I, I'm going to include all of the ways folks can find you uh, in the show notes, but uh, I really enjoy your podcast as well. Um, it's just, I find it entertaining and in and in a way not like entertaining as in like oh look at shade he's so funny like it's <laughs> like watching like it's more of like the um i'm gonna call it the theater of it mm, is really yeah. energy and and it and it's but it's not like in a i'm trying to land here land the plane Aaron that's what I, yeah. I say to myself a lot it's like <laughs> I love that. there is um you take us on a journey yeah I'm glad and it I feels that, that way Thank to you. me it feels that way yeah I enjoy I will I tell you it's very rare that I listen to podcasts that will like make me giggle or like have like a physical reaction or yeah. And and I I get that with yours, you know. Oh, good. Yeah. That's so so nice. it's it's really fun, and and for me it's like really yeah I enjoy listening to those. And what I would love to know is you know what are some of the dreams that you have for the future? 
Yeah. Um, when I when I sensed into that when you sent the um, email with the things to consider for this episode, I went like big picture, like not just like me, um, mm-hmm. not just my offerings, but um, yeah, uh, my dreams for the future would would definitely include um, a world where um, like we're all just doing art, mm-hmm. like we're. And I think, honestly, I think we're heading, it feels like we're heading in that direction. I saw someone post on Instagram that Pluto's transit into Aquarius is like the reemergence of the the hippie era. And I do definitely have my, my Aquarius and Pisces is very, um, you put those two together, it's very free love. <laughs> so yes. I'm excited for that. I've got some things percolating, which I, I'm going to keep a little close to my chest sure. for now. But um, yeah, uh, art, just a lot of art. I'm really looking forward to um, collaborating, which is kind of a big deal for me because I've been, my Virgo has been very like, I want to have all of it figured out myself. I want to be able to do all the things myself, but that's very tied to exceptionalism, which I am mm. really of mm-hmm. and like you said there's so much joy in participating with other people so I really want to um link up with some some of my favorite artists that I've found and um do some do some conceptual work for my my business and my offerings and uh yeah I had a reading with Sarah Faith Goddess Senior who I love oh that's amazing it, amazing you guys she doesn't offer I don't think she does um, like regularly does tarot readings for people. Like you can't just be like, Hey, can I get a tarot reading? I don't think that's necessarily one of her offerings, but she was running a promotion and I, I won, which was like, what? <laughs> so I got a free 30 minute reading and it ended up being more than, I'm like telling all of her business. It ended up being like uh, almost an hour. Um, but oh. she, Sarah Faith Gottersteiner is, I just love her. And um, she pulled one of the cards she pulled um, for the spread was the world card. So I'm really excited to be like getting out there and meeting the world and just, she said that my lifetime, that like this lifetime for me and this body is for me to be a human flower, which I love so much. So I'm really excited to be a human flower and just get out there and have a really um, sumptuous, scintillating, indulgent, artistic life. Oh, that's, I'm like, I'm down. Sign me up. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) That's incredible. I think too, like the world card and the association with Saturn also, you know, and uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, a lot of symbolism in what you just shared. And that's amazing. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, of Sarah Faith Godesteiner, uh for a long time, like even before the moon planner was the moon planner and they were like those smaller slim volumes, uh, you know, big, big fan of that. And uh, that's incredible. Well, I love that. And so folks can find you on Instagram yes. at i.m.shade. And I will include that link in the show notes. And then also you have a podcast as well called Beholding. And I will link that also in the show notes. And I think everyone should check that out and then stay tuned, I think, for more, right? Yes, I've got some things coming up where I'll be working with some other people in the near future. Um, I'm also open for um, 
90 minute readings that I call the beholding hour where we sit together and I behold you and we see what's coming up for you in your life and distill some things, give you some divine coalescence. Mm. So if you're interested, please find me uh, on Instagram and we can book some things. Otherwise, yeah, stay tuned. It's going to be a big year. Um, I'm an Aquarius sun. Pluto's going to be in my sun. Oh, that's amazing. It's and yes, over for you guys. I'm I, taking over. I recommend for, for folks to get to definitely like if this conversation sparks anything in your in your being, definitely reach out to shade and get a beholding because it is an experience. I, I did the best to describe my experience, but I'm sure it's it's unique and it'll make you feel. I don't know. I just appreciate the lens of looking at myself through the crystal vision, you know, through your crystal vision and getting to see that is just, it's, it's really uh, an incredible experience. Thank you. You're yeah, so welcome. I would love to have you everyone. Let's I know. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. This was great. It was I'm a lot definitely of fun. Coming, I'm going to hound you to let me come back for something, anything. <laughs> definitely. We can talk about that. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Shade as much as I do and definitely check out Shade's Instagram and follow his work on his Beholding podcast. I know we're going to see big things from Shade uh, this year and beyond. And yeah, if anything, as I was saying, if anything appeals to you about our conversation, like definitely get a beholding session. And I believe you can reach out to them through messaging him on Instagram uh, to get that set up. All right. Well, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. I am sending you lots and lots of love from all the places in between. Until next time. This has been The Nature of Invisible Things, produced, hosted by Aaron Kelly, artwork by Aaron Kelly, music by Matthew Jai Dev of Audio Soul Healing. <laughs>